Hey, Bible and Life family, welcome to another episode of the Bible and Life. I hope things are well with you wherever you are at. Uh, last week we picked up a couple listens in Taiwan, and so if you're listening in Taiwan again to this episode, I want to say welcome. Welcome to the Bible and Life family. Thanks for joining us on uh, really this study of the Bible as we just walk through the text. On a personal note, um, my son and I share birthdays. We uh, both, our birthdays are May 10th, and so we went and saw the Avengers Endgame movie for our birthday, and we've actually been going to a movie premieres for our birthday for I don't really know how long. I think the very first premiere we ever saw together was the original Captain America uh, like eight years ago or something like that, and I don't remember if that was for our birthday or not. It's been a tradition that uh, I have really enjoyed with my son, and it was fun to go see Endgame uh, with him. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, no spoilers, not going to ruin it for you, but I will say, in my opinion, it was a well-done, fantastic, epic finale to a really long saga of movies in the Marvel Universe. So it was great, a lot of fun. I enjoyed it with my son. And this upcoming weekend, I'm going to be in Baker City, Oregon, participating in their family and marriage and parenting sermon series. I'll be preaching at both services for them in Baker City, and I'll have uh, some copies of my new book on parenting um, there with me. And so if you haven't checked out that book, you can check it out at preparethemtoflourish.com. I'll put the link to that in the show notes, but so you can check that out. It's a short little parenting book, really about the big context that we're creating in our home, and that we want our home to be a really an environment like a greenhouse where um, our children can grow up and learn to flourish as human beings in God's good world. And so, it's a small little book available both in in print as well as ebook, and you can check that out at preparethemtoflourish.com if you want to. But I'll be in Baker City sharing with them on the theme of parenting and creating a a good culture in our home there. So looking forward to that as well. All right, in our last episode, we began a series specifically on the topic of hope. And what we want to do ultimately in this series is we want to walk through individual Bible passages and look at some of the things that God has promised to us with regard to our future, that where are we going? Where is this Christian life aiming at? What does the future hold for us as followers of Jesus? And so we want to uh, um, look at some individual passages and just kind of break those down as we begin to fan and flame our hope. But before we look at those individual passages, what I wanted to do in this episode is I wanted to kind of do a big, broad overview of uh, really how hope plays out in the New Testament, particularly in the New Testament letters when the apostles were writing to new churches or Christians, and they were bringing up the issue of Christian hope or things uh, related to our hope. What did they say about that? And so I want to do this big, broad overview, and here's why. Because when we're talking about Christian hope, um, ultimately what we're really talking about is the future God has prepared for us, which means we're dealing with end times, last things. The technical theological word is eschatology. And Christians don't always uh, agree or see eye to eye on exactly how eschatology is going to play out. In fact, there's four major schools of thought when it comes to biblical eschatology. Some are better than others. And um, and so theologians and Bible teachers kind of have different opinions on sort of how that's all going to play out. Now, 
The problem is, is that sometimes then we take passages about our biblical hope that are supposed to fan into flame our hope and spur on Christian living, and they become causes for debate about how we should understand those in whatever particular scheme of eschatology. And no, that's not the way to understand it. And, no, and, and there, there are some better ways to understand it than others. I'm not minimizing that. But the sad thing is, and I think I mentioned this in the last episode, is that, that because it's become such a source of debate, we, most of us as followers of Jesus, are like, I don't know how it's going to work out, and we never give it a second thought. And I think that's really almost, I can't, not that I can prove it, but I almost feel like, man, that's a strategy of the devil for uh, diminishing Christian hope and therefore diminishing the engine that's supposed to fuel our life. And it should never be that way. So what I want you to see real quick as we go through just a handful of passages, just sort of in a survey facet, fashion, and some of these texts we'll probably come back to and look at de- in detail uh, in, a, in later episodes. But in this survey, what I want you to see is every time Christian hope, every time in times, eschatology, Christian hope comes up in the New Testament letters, it always is connected to Christian living, to some outcome, to some encouragement, to some spurring us on to faith and good deeds. And so I just want to do a quick survey so that you can see that, so that you understand that Christian hope is to be a powerful motivator for your following of Jesus and for my following of Jesus. All right, so I've got my Bible out on my desk, and we're just going to flip through some pages. So you might hear pages turning as we go uh, in this episode. And I just want to walk through the text of Scripture and just kind of survey some of these passages. And we can't hit them all. I'm just going to hit a few highlights. But this is consistent throughout Um, the New Testament letters, all right? So let's start in Romans, and let's just walk our way through in order of some of these New Testament books, okay? So Romans chapter 8, a well-known passage. I actually uh, used a part of it last week in that episode to set up this series on hope, but let me just read you verses 17 and 18 as part of the survey, and the context of that is Paul has basically uh, told us that now by walking by the Spirit, we can put to death the deeds of the body, He's told us that, therefore, we're not under obligation to live according to the fallen culture and our own fallen humanness, but we can now, by the Spirit of God, live the way God's called us to live. Um, And then he says this in verse 17, he says, And if we are God's children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And being glorified with him is a statement about our hope. We're looking forward to the day when we'll be glorified with him. And then he says this in verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. And then he goes on to explain in more detail what that's all about. But here's what I want you to notice, that um, in this particular case, that suffering, whether it's suffering to put off the flesh, whether it's suffering right to, to put on holiness, whether it's suffering just by virtue of living in a fallen, broken world, and he goes into some of that uh, in the following uh, verses, whatever kind of suffering we experience in this world, and we experience a variety of types, whatever kind it is, our hope in times, our future glory is is to motivate us to stay faithful because it's like whatever suffering you experience, not even worth comparing to the glory that's that's coming in the future. And so our hope, 
Our glory that is to come is to motivate us to suffer faithfully and to suffer well and to endure suffering in this present world. Another passage, just flipping over to uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15 is another well-known hope or end times passage. It's dealing with resurrection and that, um, that the Christian life is ultimately aiming at resurrection, and that's where we're going to go. And um, in context, he's actually, in 1 Corinthians 15, dealing with a question in the Corinthian church where some were denying that there ever was going to be a resurrection of the body. There's a lot of um, context behind that. But this is what he says in verse 51 of 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, meaning we're not all going to die before Christ comes back, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and those who've died in Christ will be raised imperishable, and we all shall be changed. Those who are alive when Christ comes, they too are going to be changed. They're going to be transformed. And then he goes on to explain how this perishable body must put us put on an imperishable body. This mortal body is going to put on immortality and has the famous, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting passage? But notice how it ends. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, ends like this. Therefore, in other words, because of the resurrection that's coming, because of the new body, the glorified heavenly body we're going to get that will live forever, because of the immortal body, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil in the Lord is not in vain. And so, Our future hope in resurrection means if we're wearing ourselves out serving the Lord, if our body is growing old and getting tired, right, and this body's wearing out, just know it's not in vain. There's a new body coming, so don't don't let your toil and your exhaustion feel like, man, it's empty and it's pointless and purposeless because we have great hope. And again, it's tied to a living outcome. Another passage. Second uh, Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians four um, has this little section where probably maybe well known. Verse eight, the apostle Paul writes, um, describing himself and his ministry and his ministry team. We are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down but were not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. And that's the way he describes his ministry. And that's a tough way to live where it feels like, man, we're just at every turn, we're, we're dealing with hardship, difficulty, affliction, persecution, right? Suffering, um, being struck down, but not destroyed. What makes it possible? Well, look at verse 16. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 says, We do not lose heart. We don't grow weary. We don't give up. We don't don't lose heart. Why not? Well, although our outer man is wasting away, our inner man is being renewed day by day. For this momentary light affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory that's beyond all comparison as we look not at the things that can be seen, but at the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, temporary, passing, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so this 
difficult ministry situation that Paul finds him in, the this this circumstances where, man, life is hard and he's, he feels struck down, persecuted, afflicted in every way. Why does he keep going and why is he able to keep going? Well, it's because he has this great hope that this eternal weight of glory that outweighs everything he experiences in this life. Jump ahead to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and a fairly well-known text there as well, verse 13, looking forward to what's going to come when Jesus returns. And it says this, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, those who have died in Christ, that you may not grieve as the others who have no hope. In other words, we're in a context where Christians are wondering, what's the future for their fellow believers who have died? And, and Paul's like, let me just make, make it really clear for you what's going to happen. And he describes what's going to happen. And he says that those who have died in Jesus, when Jesus returns, they're going to be raised. And then those who are alive when Jesus returns, well, they're going to be uh, caught up together with them, and they're all going to be with the Lord forever. And that's, that's the way it's going to play out. And so then he says this in verse 18. Therefore, here's the conclusion, encourage one another with these words. Like focusing our mind on our our hope means that we can grieve in hope rather than grieve hopelessly like other people. And it means we can encourage each other that death isn't the final end, that there is a day coming when Jesus will come and death will be done away with and those who have died in Christ will be resurrected and live forever. Or jump ahead to 2 Timothy, where Paul speaks very personally about his circumstances. 2 Timothy is probably the last letter the Apostle Paul wrote. He is anticipating that he is going to die as a result of his faith in Jesus. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul writes, I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. And then he says, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And then he looks forward to the future and says, And henceforth there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not to me alone, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And so again, it is his hope that says, Man, I I can run this race to the finish line because I know there's a victor's crown waiting for me in the future. Um, if you um, fast forward through the New Testament to 1 Peter chapter 1, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, blessed, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection from the dead. And then that living hope means that we have an inheritance in the, in the future that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Notice what difference does that make? Well, verse 6, it says, In this, that means in this hope, that you have this great inheritance, in this hope, you rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Um, Our hope allows us to rejoice, even if we have to suffer, even in the midst of affliction, we can live life with joy because we know there's a new day that's going to dawn. Or if we look ahead to 2 Peter chapter 3, a classic text looking forward to the second coming of Jesus, it says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and all its works will be laid bare. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people 
ought you to be in holiness and godliness of conduct. Did you notice that? That as we look forward to the second coming, it's going to come like a thief in the night, but it's supposed to motivate holiness and godliness in the way we organize and go about our life. Now, that's just a handful of texts, and we could keep going. We could look at Titus chapter 2 and how the forward look of salvation instructs us to say no to ungodliness and world desires and to be a people zealous for good deeds. Um, we, could, we could look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and how um, looking forward to the day of the Lord should lead us to live sober lives of faith, hope, and love, right? There's just over and over again in the New Testament letters, whenever in times eschatology or our hope is brought up, it's always tied to some sort of um, way we're supposed to live in this world, whether that is, as we've seen, um, perseverance and suffering, whether that is um, grieving with hope in the face of loved ones who have died in Christ, whether it's um, putting off the old man and putting on the new man and becoming a holy person, that our hope is supposed to motivate the way we live for Jesus in this world. And the reason I want you to see that is because as we go through this uh, study together of just biblical passages on hope, I'll bring up maybe some of the various views that different um, Christians have, but I don't want us to get lost in that because the most important thing is that we live by hope in the present world right now, that our hope fans into flame our following of Jesus and our living for Jesus in the present world, that our hope helps us to live with joy and perseverance regardless of what comes our way. So the ultimate goal is for us to fill our mind with the biblical pictures of our hope so that we can live in this world the way God has called us to live. All right, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Bible in Life. And um, thanks to all of you who uh, are supporting this ministry, whether it's through the donate button on my website or whether it's through being a patron through my Patreon page, your generosity makes all of this possible. So thanks a ton for that. And if you if you want to get involved in supporting this ministry, this is a listener-supported podcast, and you can do that through either Patreon or through World Family Mission. I'll put the links to that in the notes below if you want to uh, jump in, and you can jump in for as a uh, little or as much as you want to, all right? And so if you want to help out that way, that would be awesome. That would be great. And if you're a YouTube listener, you can check out my uh, YouTube channel. I l- release Bible studies there every Thursday and try to keep those short and sweet and to the point. And so you can check that out as well. And uh, You can also check out some of the online courses if you want to as well. If you're just looking for some other ways to learn the Bible, those online courses are an opportunity for me to really go deep in a very specific sort of way. So you might want to check those out there on my website as well. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks for being a part of the Bible in life. We will see you in the next episode.